Well, good morning, everybody. Would you please stand? Uh, it's wonderful to see you all here. What a beautiful day it is outside. Spring is almost officially with us, but it feels like it's already here. Um, Psalm 95 begins this way. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. We're going to do that as we sing our first hymn, Worship the Lord in the Beauty of Holiness. Good to see you all here, and a welcome to those of you who are joining us online as well. 
And a special welcome if you're new or visiting with us at St Matthew's this morning. Uh, my name's Andrew Graham, I'm one of the ministers here, and uh, we're very glad you've come to join us today. Uh, today we continue uh, the journey that we're on as, as a, a church here through the book of Proverbs, seeking the wisdom that only God can give. And uh, today our subject is, is wealth and wisdom. And I didn't know this, but when I read the email that Bruce put out this week, he said that there's a, a 130 proverbs in, uh, in the book of Proverbs, uh, which in one way or another touch on money, touching on things like working hard so that you earn money, being content with the money that you have, even if it isn't very much, the dangers of gambling, the virtues of giving to the poor and being generous, and there are warnings about the dangers of wealth and how it doesn't provide eternal security, as useful as it is in this life. One proverb I read again through the week is this one. It's, it, it often catches my imagination. Proverbs 23, there's one that says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. So the, the Proverbs are a great help to us, aren't they? As they, they, um, they get us smiling or get us groaning, get us thinking, uh, move our hearts. And so really looking forward to hearing Bruce speak a, a little later uh, on that subject of wealth and wisdom. Uh, right now we're going to come before God himself in prayer. Firstly with a prayer of preparation then with a prayer of confession, and then we'll be, be praying to him uh, with, the words, with some of the words from Psalm 145. I'll just give you a moment to pre prepare your heart, and then we'll pray together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have gone our own way not loving you as we ought, nor loving our neighbour as ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word and deed, and in what we have failed to do. We deserve your condemnation. Father, forgive us. Help us to love you and our neighbour, and to live for your honour and glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we've got this beautiful psalm to read together in which we, we draw great comfort from who God is and his willingness to love us, to care for us and to forgive us. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. 
He has compassion on all he has made. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen. And then I'm going to lead us in prayer to this wonderful God who lifts up the lowly, who cares for people like us, who invites us to come to him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly seeking your mercy and asking that as we hear your word today, you give us the wisdom that we need to go on being transformed as wholehearted disciples of the Lord Jesus. In our wider world, Lord, we're thankful for the good order of our society, which means we have institutions uh, like those uh, who come together in the emergency services of, of ambulance officers and fire and rescue services. We thank you for those folks who respond to, to the difficulties that we find ourselves in. We thank you for the way they willingly stride toward danger to bring protection and safety to others. We pray that you would guide each person who serves in this way, keeping them in your care, giving them strength to endure through times of distress. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have here in Manly of partnering with other people and other ministries around the world as mission partners. And today we particularly thank you for the Bloomers and their long and faithful service in, in uh, Austria, in Vienna. We thank you for their recent visit here and the opportunity they've had more recently to have a really ex a, a, an extended break. We pray that having returned just this week to Vienna, you'd be with them as they get ready for the beginning of a new year in the Northern Hemisphere. We pray their spirit and energy res reserves will be replenished. We pray that they would continue to be a great blessing to their church community and their English language students as they re-engage. We pray for an enthusiastic start to the new year, for Bible studies, for Sunday school and for consistent attendance through the whole year at the language classes. And we join them in praying for their youngest family member, Josiah, who this term begins middle school, for good friendships at school and for a growing faith in the Lord Jesus. And we thank you too, Father, for the Alpha course, which has been a blessing to so many, and for the current course, which has reached the halfway point. Uh, we thank you for working powerfully in this group. We pray for your protection of those who you're working to, to move to seek you. We pray that many will attend the day away coming up on Saturday week, September 9, uh, that many will come to know you as the, the course draws to a close. And Lord, we thank you for the excellent team members in place who serve week, week by week. We pray for wisdom and good health for them as well. And Lord, you know the concerns that we have for people around us. We pray that as we just take some time to reflect now, you'd hear our prayers for them.
We thank you that you care, Father, and we entrust these folks to you. And Lord, we look to you to strengthen us through your spirit, to overcome desires that could so easily lead us away from you. We pray that you'll guide us to walk prayerfully and obediently as we experience the joys and sorrows of life. All to your glory. Amen. Now please join me as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In a short while, we'll be standing to sing again, but firstly, we've got church news, and uh, then we'll sing our collection hymn. Please stand as we, sorry, please sit as we watch, and then we'll stand. Welcome to church today. It's so good to be together for another week, isn't it? And church news, it's like the icing on the cake, isn't it? But not a lot of icing today though, just a couple of things worth knowing about. Firstly, this is your final call for Onboard. Onboard is our little course for anyone that's joined us in the last little while and is keen to find out more about the church community here at St Matthews. More about our history, our beliefs and to explore what it looks like to be a contributing member of St Matthews. And it's not only for very recent arrivals. You might have been here for six months or more and for whatever reason, you haven't made it to onboard. Well, you've missed out and your time has come and we'd love to see you there. So it's 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night, that's Monday the 28th of August and we'll be upstairs on level one of the Darley Smith building. It would be super helpful to know you're coming, so let myself or Nathan know personally or you can put it on a connection card and just write in the notes section, on board. You should be able to find a connection card in the seat in front of you. But on board is not the only thing you can use this card for. We love hearing from you. It's just one of the ways that you can contact us to let us know you are here, to ask a question, ask for a prayer, offer some feedback, anything you want to say and you'll hear back from one of the ministry staff very quickly. And if you're new or visiting today, you're welcome to fill one in too. Maybe you'd like to stop by the welcome desk at the back of the church and say hello. So that's the end of the icing this week, except for me to say thank you for joining us and may you have a wise and blessed week. Uh, please stand as we sing our collection hymn.
Good morning. The first reason it is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 to 11. And you can find it on page 630 in the Pew Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. The second reading is taken from 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verses 3 to 10, and that's on page 1195. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to, the, agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we have brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Here endeth the word of God. Good morning, everyone. Oh, I'm definitely on. I'll talk a little bit quieter. Well, it's great to be here. Let me start with a story. Two friends uh, were in town and they needed to go to a bank. And so they found the bank that they bank at and went inside. But unfortunately, some armed robbers came in. And they did the usual thing. They told the teller to put their hands up. They told everyone to go to the walls. And one of them went to the teller and went to try and get as much money as he could out of uh, the back of the bank. The other one lined everyone up and basically said, take all your wallets out, your phones, your jewellery, your watches, put it all in front of you. Now, in the midst of the chaos, the first guy basically just puts his hand in his pocket and he got something out and just stuffed it into the other guy's hand. And the second friend doesn't want to be obvious to the bank robbers and just says to him, what was that? 
He said, the other guy, it was the hundred dollars I owe you. <laughs> Didn't quite like that one. Today we're going to be speaking about being wise with our money. Now, whether that guy was wise or just sneaky, who knows? But we do need wisdom when it comes to our finances. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for all your blessings, including the material blessing of money and what it can do for us and what we can do for others with it and for you. And so, Father, guide us as we think and reflect on this ancient book and the wisdom contained in it about finance. In Jesus' name, amen. Just forgive me, I'll have the clicker down here. Oh, Vicky, I've not clicked in the um, thing. It's sitting on top there, Coase. No, it's up there. I've done this before. There's a little dongle that needs to go in. I took it out to put my slides on. I forgot to put it back in. My apologies. There we go. So we're going to think about finances this morning, and I just need to find where I am in my notes. And I think it's a timely topic uh, as we go through this series on living wisdom in Proverbs, because no doubt uh, we're in one of those challenging periods when it comes to money. And in my time here at Manly, this is probably the third challenging financial period that we're going through. Uh, we had the GFC when I arrived, and there was all sorts of chaos happening with that. Uh, and then we've just gone through COVID and again uh, for some great financial challenges. But currently we're going through an era of rising interest rates and inflation. And it is interesting seeing the responses to the interest rates because in many ways, many of us will remember when they were much higher. But I think it's propounded by the way property prices have been accelerating and people buying at very low rates. And no doubt there's numbers of people feeling great financial pain and the cost of living increases are affecting all of us. And so we do need lots of wisdom as we think about finances. And I know for many people who will be here today, it is a challenging time. And how are we to view our money and the finances which God has blessed us with? Now, let's have a think about uh, Proverbs and what it's got to say to us. And there's all sorts of things I could say. I've got three. I'm not going to cover everything. As Andrew mentioned, there is a lot of material in uh, the book of Proverbs on finances. I'm going to talk about the importance of having money. It's one thing that Proverbs emphasises. Secondly, two problems with money. And then thirdly, some wisdom regarding using our money. So let's have a think about that first one, the importance of money. And it's interesting, when you read through the very introduction to Proverbs... It starts with, if I can say, a call to fear the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom, and then it moves straight away to talking about avoiding ill-gotten gain with money and throwing your lot in with those who will try and rob others and get money in a wrong way. And so the book highlights at the very beginning, it's a major issue. 130, look, there's at least over 100 proverbs on the issue of money. I think it's the biggest topic that's covered in this book. 
And what it shows us is that money and finance is a very important thing to think through and to have some godly wisdom. I want to start, though, by asking a simple question, what is money? And I've got a definition here, and look, I got it from uh, the internet. Uh, I'm not an economist. Uh, I did do it at school, not successfully, but uh, I did it. (laughs) I did very well at sport, I discovered. I didn't really start studying until university. Money is a medium of exchange with a recognised value that was adopted to make it easier for people to trade products and services with each other. And so it's something that we place value on that enables us to do life. And basically, as we work and as we do things and provide services for others, what we get in return is money. Now, coins and cash which is now electronic pretty much these days, dates all the way back to about 600 BC. And the Chinese are the ones who first built a, not a printing press, but a coin press to make money. So why do we work? Well, there's numbers of reasons. One is we want to work to earn a living. We want to produce something that creates value that others benefit from. And the reward is that you earn money. And in the Old Testament, that wealth was originally measured in material assets. You would have your flocks, you would have your grains, you might have literally gold and silver and jewels. That was your wealth. In the New Testament, they actually had a coinage system that the Romans had uh, introduced, and that was where your wealth was stored. And I want to think about two things when it comes to uh, the importance of money. Firstly, we need to earn it to live. And secondly, we need money to give. So we need money to live and we need money to give. Firstly, we need money to live. And it's a very important thing that is emphasised in the book of Proverbs. And I was thinking about this, there's a lot said about this. And I take it part of the reason is there was no social security system in place in Israel. If you didn't have money, you couldn't live. And so it's worth noting money is not inherently wrong or evil. And we had that second reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6. And it said it's the love of money that is evil, not money itself. And no doubt there's been negative press around because of the financial crunch that we're in uh, to do with the RBA, around banks, around the finance industry. But it needs to be said, people who work in the finance and banking industries are not doing a tainted job. Rather, we should be thankful for all the workers in our society and particularly those who work with finances and money. It is a good thing to be involved in. It's part of the world we live in. We need money for the world to operate. And so if you're one of the accountants or bankers or financiers or advisors or economists or financial investors or bookkeepers or those who assist those professions, well done. It is an honourable profession to be a part of. And the ones I know typically do a fantastic job and they're absolutely needed in the world today. And we definitely need people of high moral integrity working in these fields. We need money because we need it to live on. Because the expectation of the scriptures is that you will work and earn money so that you can look after yourself and your family and not be a burden to others. Because what happens if you don't have money? It's worth asking the question. 
And Proverbs asks it for us and tells us the answer. Well, you will live in poverty, which is not recommended at all. Uh, It is not seen as a virtuous state to be poor. And secondly, if you are in poverty, it means you are dependent on others. And both those things, the scriptures advise against. Poverty is not a state that is idealised in the Proverbs. So have a look at this proverb, and I've got a lot of Proverbs to put on the screen today, so I'm not going to get you to flick through your Bibles. Um, Proverbs 28, 19. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. Work hard. It's what it's saying. Don't just have pipe dreams. Actually put your hand to the till and get something done. Now, it needs to be noted, sadly, people can be hit with poverty for reasons beyond their control, which is one reason why Proverbs and the Scriptures say, look after those who have faced ill fortune. Proverbs 13, 23 uh, 23 says this, An unploughed field produces food for the poor, but injustice sweeps it away. And so you are to seek to avoid poverty, but when you find people in poverty, we need to be caring for them because it could be through injustice. I mentioned this a couple of years ago. My father's, uh, sorry, my father-in-law's family were extremely wealthy in Sydney. Uh, There is a street named after Dudley's parents, uh, Ford over in Canterbury. My understanding is that they own Canterbury Racecourse. He was a, hang on, my voice. Dudley's grandfather was almost a private bank. He died. I do love being here. Thanks, Andrew. Dudley's grandfather died. His father died a week after, literally the day of the funeral. And within weeks... I am determined to finish. (laughs) Thank you, Martin. 
my <coughs> father-in-law's family lost their grandfather, their father. The depression hit. Death taxes hit. <coughs> they lost everything overnight. And that's one of the sad realities of the world we live in. There is an injustice. There are calamities that happen. And people can lose everything. And because of that, poverty comes. And for this reason, we must look after and care for those for whom tragedy strikes. And so in Proverbs, one of the big themes in relation to money <coughs> is to need to work hard to earn it. We might have a song. I'll see if I can get my voice back. <coughs> oh.
Let me try again. I'm going to move forward to um, where I was. Can we get the um, slides up, please, Vicky? Well, if it's not my voice, it's the Jolly AV system. <laughs> Do we know what's happened? I'm just going to press on. So we need money to live, but importantly, we need money to give. And as Christians, we are expected by God to give money to grow the gospel and to help people in need. And it's worth stopping and thinking about why we have money. It is in part because we work hard. And that's absolutely the truth. But it's also because God has blessed us. And you need to hold both things together. And when you read the Proverbs, one of the things with money, uh, the topic of finances, and it's true for all the topics in there, you can't just pick out one verse and say, that's my one. You've got to read all of them and put them together. And you see this strong emphasis on work in the Proverbs, but underneath it and above it, what you also see is that it's God who enables us to do that and blesses what we do. Proverbs 10.22 says this, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. In other words, the reason why we have wealth is because of God's blessing. And whatever you have, yes, you've worked for it on one hand, but also it's because God has blessed you and enabled you to have it. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And so he blesses you and is generous to you so that you can be generous to others. It's a very simple formula. And in particular, we, ex we are expected to give to those who are in need. Proverbs 14.31, whoever expresses, uh, oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. In other words, if you do not look with compassion on those who need help, you're actually showing contempt for God. But whoever is kind to the needy honours God. It's God's money and we are to be faithful stewards of it. Now, at this point in the sermon, I just want to say thank you to the people of St Matthews. Uh, one of the things that has been a hallmark of my experience being here is the generosity of these four congregations that I have the privilege and pleasure of leading. And it's been an incredible experience to be the senior minister here and to witness the generosity of people through some very difficult times, let me say. It's worth noting, I don't know much about who gives what. Some people do come and speak to me and offer to help out. Wonderful. 
but I don't go and talk to PJ, the accountant, to know what's happening. I just get a monthly report to know what's been given. I like to try and keep a distance, if I can, uh, to, it's just information I don't need to know. But what I do know is that over the past three years since COVID hit, uh, people have given very generously through some very challenging times for us as a church and enabled us to get through where we are going forward again. And if you read the finance report just last month, for the half-year mark, I think for the first time in five years, we are in the black, not the red. Let me say I loved that colour. <laughs> it was wonderful to see not a red line in there. But I also want to say thank you to those who give to those informally. And one of the things that has been wonderful to see, and I get to see this uh, as Senior Minister, people tell me not who's given, but just what has happened. The way people just see need in the congregation and they give to it. They're not asked, they're just moved by God and His Holy Spirit and they're generous. And it's such a beautiful thing. I want to thank people who've given to the Grace Fund. People just occasionally top it up because they know that we have a fund which is to help those who are in dire need. And the people that we're helping typically have fallen on difficult times for reasons beyond their control. And finances can help. And they've just said, we want to give some money to that to help those. And Andrew Graham has got a small team and they work with those people to help them through that particular difficulty that they're going through. If you want to contribute to it, go and talk to Andrew. But thank you to those who've given to it. It's been wonderful to see the way people have earned money and then given their money as faithful stewards of all that God has blessed them with. Money is needed in life. It's part of this world. We need it to live on and we're given it so that we can be a blessing to others. John Wesley famously said, we are to gain all we can, save all we can, so that we can give all we can. Well, that's the first issue. The second one is the problems with money. I'm going to just jump down to talk about two of them. I had a few more things to say, but because of time and because of my throat, I'm going to uh, just keep it to two things. Firstly, and I want to say this briefly because I've spoken on this before, don't trust in money. My experience here in Manly, and it's interesting, I had a look at the 2021 census. Uh, you might be surprised to hear this. The, Highest earning average weekly income was actually in Seaforth that I could find in Sydney. Higher than the eastern suburbs. Manly was second. We are in a very wealthy area here. And I talk to many people about the gospel, or try to. But many people are just not interested. And they are blinded by their wealth. They think they have a security because of their bank accounts and that money is what they trust in. And that's what money does. We look at our bank accounts and we can feel secure in life. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking at your bank account and knowing how much is in there. Not at all. I do it regularly. But I want to read to us Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. It says, Keep falsehood and lies 
far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonour the name of my God. Let's think about that first one. If I have too much money, I may disown you and say, who is the Lord? And that's the reality of being rich. There is a danger of being rich that is spoken about throughout the scriptures. It is not wrong to be rich, but there is a warning for the rich. And we are the rich here in Manly. Because it blinds us to our need of God. And we can easily think, who is the Lord? I don't need him. And that's the problem of money. We're not tempted to steal, but we are tempted to forget God. Listen to this proverb, 16.16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight than silver? And one of the repeated themes of proverbs is, yes, money is helpful, you need it, but it's not ultimate. You know what's ultimate? It keeps saying to know God, to fear him, and to have a wisdom from him, that is worth far more than the silver and the gold and the rubies and the cash and the shares and the stock market can ever give you. It is priceless knowing God. And don't let money blind you. But secondly, don't gamble to win money. For numbers of reasons, gambling is a major problem in this country. And I wanted to speak particularly about this today. It's due to the easy access to poker machines. It's due to the proliferation of online gambling ads on TV. Honestly, I get so sick of it watching sport and seeing the way it has infiltrated our culture. Did you know Australia has 0.5% of the world's population, but we have 20% of the world's poker machines? Let me say that again. 0.5 of the world's population, 20% of the poker machines. If America has a gun problem, we have a poker machine problem. It is extraordinary. And 80% of those machines are located outside of casinos, in pubs and clubs. Sadly, we are a nation of gamblers. And gambling is, in essence, a reliance on a combination of some skill but mainly luck to place some sort of wager or bet in order to win money. And the problem is this. With gambling, you are winning money that you didn't work for, but rather got because you gambled correctly. And the essence of gambling is that you are seeking to win money quickly, not through hard work. And listen to what Proverbs 13.11 says. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. It is not the way to earn money, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Now, were they thinking directly about gambling? I'm not sure, but it absolutely applies to gambling. Proverbs 28, 19 and 20, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. It absolutely applies to gambling. And this is the moral danger of gambling. We try and win money quickly and not work for it ethically. 
And the money you win is not because of any work that you did to produce a benefit for others in the world. You win it because of chance and significantly the money that you take home has literally come out of other poor people's pockets. You are perpetuating poverty in the country. You can tell I feel strongly about this. God is opposed to people getting rich through injustice. Proverbs 22, 22 and 23. Do not rob the poor because he is poor or crush the afflicted at the gate. And that is what is happening with the poker machine industry. It is horrendous. For the Lord will plead their cause and rob of life those who rob them. I'll never forget meeting Glenn. He was a new Christian at our church. He'd come from Dapdo. This was when I was in the Illawarra. And he was enjoying coming and he'd come to faith in Christ. But one morning he turned up and he looked devastated. And I sat him down in the um, welcome lounge and I said, what's up? He said, the power has been cut off our place. I said, why is that? He said, I've just discovered that my wife has gambled all our money away through the poker machines at Dapto Leagues Club. You only have to sit with people like that and realise the devastation of the poker machine industry. I had a man come into my office who had come to faith. He had recovered from alcoholism, was doing well, and privately had a poker machine addiction. He would get on the train and travel from the Illawarra to the Star Casino and put his money through it. He was $90,000 in debt. I love sport, as many of you know. I feel very conflicted these days as I watch the Seagulls play with points bet on their, sh on their um, jerseys. Money is a great blessing, but we are also warned about the misuse of it and the wrong earning of it. And if I can just encourage you, please do not be involved in the gambling industry. Let me finish with five thoughts about wisdom regarding use of our money. I'll be brief. Firstly, give to God first. We had in the reading that uh, was read, Proverbs chapter 3, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, your vats will brim with new wine. And the principle that was enunciated there is that as we earn money, it is from God at the end of the day, and so we give back to him first. It's what's called tithing. I've spoken about it numbers of times, but it's the practical way of saying, I love you, God, and I trust you, God, more than what I love and trust in my money. And so I'm going to give to you and your work first, the first fruits of your crops. And for those who might be new to this concept, Proverbs encourages us to do this by showing us that we can't outgive God. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And there is a promise in Scripture that God will look after us as we give to his work. We are not to be reservoirs storing our money up, but rivers through whom which it flows. As God blesses us, we bless others. Proverbs 19:17. whoever is kind to the poor is actually lending to the Lord and he will reward them for all that they have done. 
And the logic is this, God gives you money because he is generous, but he is generous so that you can be generous with others. And if you are generous with your money, then God will more likely be generous with you. And you'll only discover it as you do it. And it is absolutely my experience, as I have sought to honour this, that God has looked after us. It is not about getting rich, it is about the fact that God honours those and looks after those who honour him with their wealth. But secondly, look after your family second. It's an obvious thing to say, but Proverbs says that houses and wealth are inherited from parents. Proverbs 19. Proverbs 13, 22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. And may I encourage you to look after your family. It's an obvious thing to say. Third, give to those in need, particularly the poor. And I've mentioned this already. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. He will reward them for what they've done. The fourth is this, live with margin. And I think this is a very important thing to say to us all today. We actually need to save money and have margin. One of the problems that people get into in our culture today with their finances is due to the easy access to money through credit cards and the encouragement to spend that leads to overspending such that they have to go and borrow money from other people or max out their credit cards which they can't repay and are living on debt. Problems happen when crisis hits, when people are maxed out to the hilt. They face unusual circumstances which mean a hit to their bank accounts. And there can be unusual circumstances that lead people to being in very tricky financial circumstances. I get that. It's why we have the grace group that I mentioned. But the potential to be in difficult circumstances will be mitigated by having savings and creating a financial margin. And if people do this, they will be able to cope when the financial hits come. And one of my favourite proverbs is a reflection on the animal world. It's Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 8. And Solomon says, Son, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest and stores it up. And that is just wise living with finances. We set money aside so that when a rainy day comes and the crisis hits, we've got something to draw on. We are not living on debt that we cannot repay. And if you've got a credit card that you're not able to repay, make that your number one priority to get it paid off. You shouldn't be borrowing from money, borrowing money from people, unless there's some absolute crisis that hits. We need to learn from the ant. It stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food in harvest to look after itself for the rest of the year we should be doing the same. And then lastly, find contentment in Christ. Let me return to that proverb, keep falsehood lies from me, give me neither riches nor poverty, but give me only my daily bread. I'm sure you're familiar with that phrase, aren't you? It's what Jesus quotes in the Lord's Prayer that we've already prayed. 
And what he's saying is, be content with what you have. And the secret, I think, to managing finances well is this reality, finding a contentment in Christ. And that's why we had this second Bible reading. Because Paul says to us, godliness with contentment is great gain. And when you're content in Christ, you will be able to manage your wealth well. Wealth is more desirable than poverty, but wealth is not as good as righteousness, humility, wisdom, good relationships, the fear of the Lord, the expansion of the gospel, and caring for those in need. And you will be that person when you have a contentment with what you have and you don't hunger for more, but rather seek to honour God with what you've been given. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for getting me through. But I thank you for the way you've blessed us with the resources we have. May we have a contentment in you. May we honour you with our money. May we care for our families. May we care for those in need. May we be prudent in saving. And may we find our contentment and joy in knowing you so that we can be your servant with all that we have and good stewards of what you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you for your patience in having a two-part sermon. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Bruce. And we do give the Lord thanks that he sustained you through then, uh, through, the, through the talk this morning. I wonder, would you stand, please, as we uh, get ready to go out into the rest of the week and as many of us as possible come across to, um, to morning tea. Uh, hear these words from... Jude, we could actually say this to, to one another, couldn't we? To him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.